So you still have like basically 30 cash in the bank. You've raised 60 in equity and 30 has been spent to grow the business. Within, within 20% of that stuff. And, and let's assume that we'll, we'll end the year well north of 100 million in era. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We've got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Ryan Urban. He's the co-founder and CEO of BounceX, a marketing technology solution that brings a logged-in experience to logged-out website visitors across devices. Under the company, BounceX has been ranked number one for employee retention and career development by Computer World and named a best place to work by Cranes and Fortune. Ryan, you ready to take us to the top? Yes. All right. So, so like too. yeah, right. We'll see. So, so first off, thanks for letting us host the CEO format your spot. You had a nice, you had a nice big move. So where are you now? You're in the trade center, correct? One, one, one world X. Yeah. And got to show people the view real quick. Turn, turn the computer, let them check it out. You're going to come with me. Yeah, there you go. Walk us go around. Ahead. Look at this view guys. If you're not watching on YouTube, flick over to YouTube. I'm a hell of a view, right? Yep. Good stuff. So, okay, Ryan, so when you, you know, you've pivoted in terms of messaging, I don't know if the product actually pivoted over the, over the past couple of years. I mean, how do you describe it today in kind of a sentence? Is that right? A logged in experience to logged out visitors? Uh, we, we, have, we evolved the messaging. So we, we've been around about six and a half years and, and we, we've, we've always been focused on two simple things. So I had an e-commerce background, so did the other uh, co-founders of, of BounceX. And we always focused on just driving revenue and improving experience. So it's over time that the product mix kind of evolved. So we started out we started doing um, email capture and being really good at that. And everyone knows like our exit intent stuff. Uh, then we are like, hey, we're clicking on these emails. Let's, uh, let's do some triggers. So we, we rolled out like the product abandonment and we started doing some, some, uh, some triggered email and doing that at scale. And uh, to scale triggers, you need identification because less on e-commerce websites, less than 5% of people logged in. No one creates accounts anymore. So it's like, okay, let's, uh, let's scale all the triggers with uh, identification. And uh, so... Yeah, over time, as as uh, kind of the business evolved, we uh, our, our messaging has updated. So yeah. that's basically we we've always been doing the same thing. We're uh, we're on the side of e-commerce companies, drive a lot of revenue, and uh, we improve experience. So what's what's a lot of revenue, Ryan? Typically, we're um, any business we work with, we're able to increase their revenue by say five to twenty percent uh, within within ninety days, and it's it's usually more in the the ten to fifteen percent range. And that that includes multi billion dollar companies. And the small company, our favorite company, doing say ten million dollars, we're usually more have a per business like fifteen to twenty five percent pretty quickly. And uh, normally we're uh, we're typically a top three channel in someone's Google Analytics, and oftentimes number one. 
do your salespeople have to fight for that attribution or is it crystal clear that's because they installed BounceX? Well, it's, uh, it, the attribution is uh, based on our client's analytics. So it's, and also when you, you, you fight over attribution when your product doesn't work. When your product works, it's like, whoop, you feel it's like, <laughs> hey, whoa, I'm growing here. Wow, yep. what's happening? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, it's like, hey, your analytics last click, like we'll take, last click is not the best way to measure things, but you should be running control groups. But we're okay, cool. Just whatever's in your analytics, we're, we're, we're cool with that. You take a percent of the increase or are you flat kind of SaaS model only? We're, we're, uh, we're, we're a flat SaaS kind of shop, uh, but we, we, we'll typically do uh, three or four month initial terms of pilots, which is very unlike most of the market companies who require one or two year initial terms. And based on, um, there'll be a price, a monthly price there, but uh, we'll have a, a tiered pricing approach where based on how much increase in revenue, it will roll, it will automatically go into another 12 month agreement at a certain flat rate SaaS. So I see. Based on, based on basically our identification rate and how we perform during that pilot period, it will make a lock into a higher rate. Um, so that's, uh, that's how it goes, but it's flat rate SaaS. So when you look at the cohort right now of all the customers you're serving, I mean, help me understand like sweet spot, an average customer is going to pay you about what per month to use the tech or per year. Uh, there, there's a, there's a median customer. Um, I don't, I don't, average is like a, a funky kind of thing. So the cohorts, I'd say there's, there's three, three cohorts. So core number one is the, 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 the big ones, the, the, the megalodons as we call it here. And those are the seven figure ones. So those are the ones that are, uh, they used to pay us between one and one and a half million dollars a year. Now we're getting some that in the two to $5 million range. Yep. So that's where we're moving on market. Quite but that, that cohort, you call them your megadons. They're all paying more than a million a year. That's right. Okay. Um, and then you have, uh, the bottom cohort, which is our minimum is uh 72 K a year. Yep. Uh, so it goes six K a month is the so companies that we do in five mil, five to 10 mil online. Um, and, uh, so the cohort between, Paying us between six k a month, and I'd say like like fifteen k a month. That's like that mid market cohort, and then um, then we have the enterprise cohort, which is basically like the twenty k to to like that fifty sixty k. So you kind of have four megalons, and then enterprise, middle, small. Um, I, I'd, I'd say three. Three. I mean, there, there's like there's strategic, and there's like the megalons, the big strategic ones. So yeah, and those those really do move a business. Yeah. Now, do, if you just add up the revenue from just your megalons, that does that make up more than call it thirty percent of your total revenue? Um, it's probably about that. It's, it's, it's not heavily weighted, which is good. We, we sign a high volume deals. We're signing, um, almost 40, 40 deals a quarter. So, and maybe we're doing two of the big ones a quarter. So okay. it's, it's pretty, pretty diverse. Okay, good. Now two of those, two of those big ones a quarter means you're, you know, new bookings per quarter than as well north of $2 million at this point. Our new books in quarter is approaching 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Way bigger. Uh, okay. Very good. Now, what, sh when you look at, um, when you look at this with the segment that's growing the fastest, are you generally yeah, focusing that's, that's, on that's, that's AR? Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 When you're looking at what segments growing the fastest revenue, the fastest, is it that top tier or no, are you seeing a lot of movement in the bottom tier? It's and, and so, uh, we should have moved to named accounts much quicker. So we, we mapped out our town and have that 4,000 named accounts. We, we used to have uh, SDRs and now we, kind of have an elevated version of that role. We call it a BDA, business development associate. Uh -huh. So they're paired on a one-to-one -one basis with, a, with a, a new business rep. And well, they'll maybe 80% of the time with one rep and 20% of their time with another rep to, to spread it out a bit. Uh, and they have, they'll have like between 40 and 100 named accounts, depending mid-market will be more towards 100. Uh, strategic will be more towards 40 or 50. And whether those are clients or not, their goal is to uh, one, like, use all the resources we have at Bounce, which is themselves, the rep, 
um, our marketing team, our alliance team, to break into the account at the appropriate level. So there's something called, we don't do leads, we have something called a, a sales accepted opportunity. Okay. Which is like, it's the right company, we will map out the org, and we'll have like a group, like three or four people that if the meeting is with that person and the meeting went a certain way, then that's, that's an approved kind of uh, opportunity. So we have very high standards on that. So it's up to that, that business model associate to, uh, to, to, to get in there. And, and also like post getting in there, then it's when then we're an active opportunity, it's, it's their, their job to move on the org, um, be on calls and meetings, kind of take notes, help facilitate the process. So it's, it's like a farming system for our sales team as opposed to like, here's some SDRs, our cold emailing and cold emailing, email templates and hands over sales. It's not that, it's, it's, a, it's a very cohesive unit. So as we did that, moved to named accounts, we are just, it's not an and or, it's an and to end situation of mid-market is growing, enterprise is growing, strategic is growing, Megadon's growing. Um, and we're not at the point where we're a default setting. There's, there's a point in like a SaaS company where like say Salesforce is your CRM, there's the default. And for email and for an e-commerce company, exact target was the default for a while. Demandware, which both these are Salesforce, is kind of the default. If you're a mid-market e-commerce company, Shopify is your default. So, um, so for us, uh, we are for identity resolution default, but we need to make kind of one-to-one identity resolution a, a, a really established channel. And that once that channel is a default thing, then we're going to really start to see some 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 uh, special growth. You, so, you were serving 250 paid customers back in 2016. What are you at now today? Um, we're probably on about a thousand websites. Okay. So uh, is that paid customers though? Yes, it is. So okay, uh, yeah, we don't do anything for free. Yeah. So, okay. So thousand paid. So I like this approach you've taken, right? So you essentially said, okay, I'm going to go look at all the e-commerce brands with more than X amount of GMV based off some, you probably scraped, got data from somewhere, obviously legally, but scraped it, whatever paid for it. And then you map out the 4,000 accounts and you say, we want to get all these 4,000 accounts. You're at a thousand of them right now. Is that and accurate? We have reps and BDAs to all those accounts. And then our marketing and, and we just have, there's, there's incentives everywhere to break into those accounts at, at, at the right levels. So, and then we, we have some other verticals, so we do a little bit of travel, sister vertical, and we have a separate publishing, which we, we completely broke out as own business unit and have, have had that team completely focus on its own thing. And the UK is also, it gets treated as own complete business unit. Those are, and that's been really effective for us. So it's, it's on sales org, it's on accounts org, it's on marketing. So it's, and um, our, our publisher business unit is, is growing three actually over a year. That would probably do 25 mil itself this year. So yeah, Publ- publisher that, business is like, is like Forbes. What's that? Yeah. <coughs> Your publisher uh, business. You mean yeah, like big yeah, like CNN, sites. stuff like that. Yeah. We, yeah, um, yeah we, we help pub- publish a lot of ways. So we'll help them grow their email list, help them drive subscriptions. We'll help them with, uh, with creating new ad real estate. So uh, kind of redefining what, a, what an ad should be. So it's, we just take the approach of like, Hey, if we're going to be in the e-commerce world, we're just going to be a true partner and be on their side and understand where the business needs. And it turns out it's really simple. They just need revenue growth and they want to improve customer experience. So everything we do is just really focuses on that and that only. So that then you don't wind up doing cool stuff. You don't wind up rolling out different features. It has to hit a certain increase in revenue for us. For us to ship a, a product or feature, it has to drive increased revenue at least 2 or 3%, depending on which product it is. And for example, like say retargeting Critio's whole business. Um, which they're a multi-billion dollar company, they only increase revenue about a half percent. So for us even to have a, a product extension, which is basically a feature, it has to be 4x better to create this whole business for yep. us to share something. And it has to improve experience too. It's not just, hey, let's go run more sales or send more emails. It's, You're talking like, about Criteo, correct? Criteo? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Now you had back, uh, I, I know you chose not to go the bootstrap route on this thing. How much total capital have you raised to date? 
No, we, I, I funded it myself at the beginning. And then the, the first year and a half, it was funded by the co-founders. So, okay. uh, and, and if you were going to join as a co-founder, I made you put in even 40K. Like you had to put in 40K if you're going to join. So all the co-founders put in 40K? No, some put in a lot more. One put in 190. How many of you are there? I'd probably put in 350 to 500, depending how I look at it. And um, there's just- Right, how many are you? Are, are there? There was four. Four, co- okay, four co-founders. So altogether, how much total did you guys all put in? Like a million, two million? No, that's like um, 600 grand. 600 grand. Okay, now and did then, you- And then we took, then after we got to about um, 70K in, in MRR, so we got to about the a uh, million dollar AR point. Then we, uh, and we had good pipeline. Then we raised a bit. We only raised, this is 2013, uh, mid 2013. We only raised a million and a half bucks when we could have easily raised like four or five then. And so, uh, and then we basically went the first almost four years on that million and a half venture money raised. We, we did take a little venture debt too, uh, like some mes debt uh, from WTI. That was great. Now we were Silicon Valley Bank. What year was that, the WTI deal? Um, I thought it was probably the next year, W4, 2014. And we just used that to, we've, we've acquired four companies. So some that's used to fund some acquisitions. I have a big prediction that five to 10 years from now, Sonic brands are gonna be more valuable than logos, physical logos you put on your website. Why? Well, as you guys know, the world has changed around us over the past several months. And many people, as they're working remote, they are doing more walking in the woods. They're spending more time with their families at home. They have more free time to reflect and just consume content. And because of this, I think audio consumption will continue to increase. But nobody thinks about your audio brand. If no one ever sees your website, but they only hear you, Is there some little four-second brand you have where they always know it's you that represents your brand? Most people don't have this yet. So I started getting mine set up. What I do is I capture a bunch of sounds that I like and I put them in a little Word doc. I then use a tool called Fiverr, which is basically a big marketplace of freelancers. It's pricing's really clear, everything's up front, so I'm never in the dark. I upload these sounds to people that do sonic branding on Fiverr. Some are as cheap as five bucks, some as expensive as a couple hundred bucks. But I give the same project to a couple of them, I see what they all come back with, and then I'm gonna pick one to actually use and put here live on the podcast. Now I'm doing this right now, so it was a beautiful thing when Fiverr said, Nathan, we love to sponsor the show. So we are big fans of Fiverr already. We're thrilled they're a sponsor. Find your talent today at fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order using our code TOP. That's T-O-P. All the digital services you need are in one spot at F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Code TOP. Again, that's fiverr.com code TOP. And don't just go to fiverr.com because then you don't get the 10% off. Make sure you go to fiverr.com and use code TOP to get that 10% discount on whatever you need to build your online brand. How much leverage can you put into that? I mean, can you go buy a company if the deal price is 10 million in cash? Can you get away with putting up a million in equity and the rest in debt? You can leverage about, uh, depending on the strength of your business, somewhere between 0.8 and, and 1.2 times your, your ARR and we can flex up a little more. Oh, wait, um, of your personal ARR or the company you're buying? Your, your personal ARR. Um, and then you, they're going to look at the company buying and how much money you're losing, et cetera. So um, you don't want to be too levered, but it's uh, it's it's really under underrated. And you give up minute, it's the terms are... The market's really good for terms. You can like right now. Are you talking like two to six percent kind of interest rates somewhere in that range? Um, when you there, there's going to be some that are six percent, some that are um, going to be more in the the ten percent range. If it's okay. if it's uh, if you're looking at like no interest for a certain period of time or very low warrant coverage, so you, you might give up like a point of equity. So, but if you 
So um, the ones that are taking a little equity, they might, um, or they're, say there's no uh, covenants or there's minimal covenants. Uh, so very, very, very uh, kind of friendly term. You might be paying more than the 10% range, but that's still super cheap. So then you can raise your paid off or you can keep like rolling if you like, if you're, you're doing well. So, yep. You mentioned another venture doing? round in 2017. What was that round for? Um, I, I, I don't think the, the, the venture questions aren't really the right questions. It's, it's when, it's when you feel like you either have product market fit or you have some marketing channels you can really explode on. That's the right time to do it. Well, no, I mean, by the way, Ryan, I asked because there, I mean, there are two very different models. Some people bootstrap the whole time. Sometimes you get on a VC track and a VC track is just very different. Right. So didn't you raise well, in 2018, really, didn't you raise 37 million from battery? Um, so a good amount of that went on the balance sheet, but not all of that. So some of the, some of that you used to like buy out some like early investors. So uh, we, we put, we put less than 30 on that, but we'll end the year with. What with, do you mean you put less than 30 on that? Well, we'll put less, we put less than 30 into the business. Some it went out to buy, some have bought out some, um, or just there was some liquidity for some earlier, earlier initial. Yeah. Investors. So 8 million, went, 8 million went to secondary, early founders, early investors, and about less than 30 went to the balance sheet. That's right. And, and we're, um, our, our cash balance is going up now. So we're, we're close to profitability, but we're, we're cash flow positive. So we'll bond a year with uh, a good amount of cash. So yep. not, not 30 million, but a lot of cash. So now yep. we're in a position where we don't need to raise money, but like, we'll, like we're we're coming off for two best quarters ever, and now now we uh, we we found some place where we can really hit the gas. And yeah, now you did you did another thirty million dollar round of Silicon Valley Bank a year prior, correct? That was equity. Um, that that was a that was a different debt line. It was a little less. Um, so some was with Silicon Valley, some was with someone else, and we that's something that we have the option to pull pull some we want. Some oh, so that wasn't actual dilutive. That was essentially like a term loan, like a revolver or something. Um, some was term. Some some was based on some was based on ARR. So. Uh, altogether, we probably uh, have about sixty into uh, into the biz, and we and then you minus your the cash in your balance sheet, and we've we've probably deployed somewhere in the thirties. Got so, it. So you still have like basically thirty cash in the bank. You've raised sixty in equity, and thirty has been spent to grow the business. Um, some some within within twenty percent of that stuff, and, and let's assume that we'll we'll end the year well north of hundred million in era. So. Um, are you past that right now, or you still need the three months to break that? It depends how you kind of publish your business. So how do you a, measure it? Um, if you're just looking at clean e-commerce SaaS, we're, we're basically there. But um, if you kind of publish your business, and uh, then we're we will be well, well past that. Why would you not count the publisher business? It's um, it's you could. It's just it's if you look at the net revenue of that, it's it's a it, there's a it's a nuanced thing. So uh, depends how how the way Gap looks at the revenue from that. It's, it changes all the time. So. Um, yeah, I, I look at it. <laughs> I was going to say, I would say, I, I would be, I would be counting every dollar. If it's cash coming to the bank, I'm counting it. But we're, this is what we're looking to. Uh, we're looking to basically to have a strong IPO. Some companies wait till like they're doing three, 400 million. Some companies go at like a hundred million. Um, what we'll probably do is we want to get our, our net revenue retention, which I hate the word. I don't use the word retention. I use the word client growth, but like our net client growth. Uh, I want that overall to be above one, 125. What's it now? Thirty. Um, it's, um, it's one of the, one of the issues we had is we ran out of stuff to sell our clients. We sold through all the things seriously. So, and to ship special products takes like good team. So we're, we're, uh, we're in alphas with two really, really special products and, uh, we're going to, we're going to acquire something great. We could put our ID tech on top of, but what's it now? So you want to get 125? What do you got now? Um, it's, it's, it's not that I think we can, we're, 
we we want to we want to improve by twenty percent. I'll put it that way. Okay, so you're above a hundred. You're above hundred percent though, right now. Um, the, the, some cohorts were were much higher than that, and some cohorts were lower. So, it's um, as you move down market, your the, those the numbers are the numbers are lower. So that's it. Also depends on if like we're say if we're partnering with a marketing cloud and we're sending our stuff through. Uh, if we're if we have our product suites all through. So depending on the cohorts, we know the cohorts where we're right now one thirty one forty. And one, you want to get more of those cohorts, and two, like ship more products for those cohorts. <laughs> so we're just in, in a core strategy perspective. You can this is the way that I look at it, and this is kind of important to say. So you could take your same product, move up market. You could take your same product, move down market. You could take the same product, move to other verticals. You could take your your same product and move to other geos, right? You can do new products to the same to the same market that you're selling right now, or you can do new products to new markets. Anyone does new products, new markets is a complete idiot. So the route that we've taken, and and all these all these things require product work. <laughs> Actually, the most product work is moving down market, and it's the worst. So we've just taken an approach that hey, we're going to keep it simple. We're going to take our same product, move up market, which for us is a little more of an API approach. You always do that. You always move up market, and you focus your product moving up market. And then we're shipping new products to the same market. So our 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 sweet spot is e-commerce companies doing between five million and a billion dollars in your revenue. So the stuff we're shipping now is really focused on companies doing a billion to, to 40 billion in, in revenue online and new products to the same market. So, and super, super narrowly focused on that stuff. And when we ship a product, it needs to be, you know, we typically do things that are new to market, uh, but it has to be so buttoned up, best in class, like just- So what other metrics do you want to hit besides 125 net revenue retention before you start looking at IPO? Overall, uh, we want to have, you want a predictable growth. So there's this magic number stuff. I, the difference between growing 40% and 70% is a huge, huge, there's a, can be a huge difference in multiple. Right now, growth is looked at as everything. Um, but uh, I want, it, your growth needs to be predictable. So that were flat rate SaaS. Flat rate SaaS kind of lo- lowers predictability. The net revenue retention will help with predictability because then we know, hey, if we're, say, had 200 in, in ARR and our net revenue retention 125, like, boom, we're going to be at um, 240 the next year. With no new customers. With no new customers. It depends what's up for renewal. So yes, with, with no, no new customers here. So uh, you want to have that. And then the other, uh, I would recommend only doing usage-based pricing or having shipping products that support usage-based pricing. So for us, that's going to be some APIs as a service, platform as a service stuff, some stuff that's maybe an active contact here. So a little more of a Marketo approach. You can't just make that up. It, the, your industry has to support that. So make sure when you're shipping products or you're going, you're going to acquire a product that it's, it's something that supports usage-based pricing. That, like Shopify is a, almost a $40 billion market cap. They, they charge a platform fee, but transaction fee. So as businesses grow, they get the benefit of that. Where, where our core business, our customers get the benefit of locking it at a rate. The rate is really high, uh, and it's backing into a great return on spend number. But if their business double, they're just getting much more ROI from us. So, and that was helpful in the early days for us to grow, but we need other stuff that like, hey, as our clients grow, that uh, the, there's going to be a step up as well. So. And what's your overall, I mean, so if you break hundred million in error this year, where were you a year ago? Um, well, let's talk about where, where we want to be. I, I, we can IPO at like 40% growth, um, which we're, it's, that's it. Growth is something that you do have a lot of control dictating. So that's like, we're, we're cash flow positive. So um, at the point where I feel really comfortable with product market fit on some of the new stuff we have, uh, an acquisition we're going to make. We're probably going to make our first, like, maybe not nine-figure acquisition, but an acquisition in the mid-eights. Uh, probably somewhere, a company that 
companies. We're looking at that have between 75 and 150 people. We're going to start rolling up a lot of more tech. So you're talking like 10 and 30 million in ARR-ish kind of range. Between 10 and, and 40, yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's going to be strategic tech, not opportunistic stuff. So stuff where we can put our ID tech on top of and just almost use it as a marketing channel too, where we can then go in and like go into all their customers and upsell our stuff in. Acquisition is a, is a hell of a marketing channel. Yeah. You know, you didn't, did you do any acquisitions last year? Uh, we did one and wasn't announced. But yes. Okay. It was, yeah, so, that so was I mean, were you less than, you said you were at 40% year over year growth. I mean, were you less than 40% year over year growth the past 12 months? Um, it depends where you look at it. We're probably, we're, we'll probably finish the year more than that. Okay. Um, you know, I guess. But we're, it's, you have quarters, you, you have different goals. Q4, Q1, it's, that, that wasn't the goal. You got to get the, the ships, you got to get the ships to intact. For us, it was like having a scalable sales team. You got to have the product market fit in your sales team. Now we have, we, we always had like some real strong athletes, great performers, but like getting that enterprise mid-market team to a place where it's a machine, where you got the right people in the right process. And like, we, we got that down now. So we know we can like hit the gas there. In a marketing standpoint, um, for our top named accounts, say our top, even top 500 named accounts, like we want to go in at the CEO level. So it's like, how do you create these, these experiences where CEO will come out? So we just spent about 200K. We, we rented a private suite of the US Open finals. We, uh, we, we, choppered, we choppered these CEOs into our, our, basically our suite was. And, uh, and we also had other CEOs out. And like, so they got to kind of meet some other like CEOs or, or CMOs of big companies, they got to go to the Nadal final at a private suite chopper. So like you do, and, and I'm, we only have the top people from our company there. So it's a, it's an amazing experience. And then that way you can get your clients out. That's a good, good idea to get some of your prospects who were in a, in active pipeline out and then new prospects. So it's, so doing things like that, it might cost 200 K, but it could really scale. There's a 500 K version of that where you have John Macro in your booth with you hanging out with you. Right. So there's, so we want to do stuff next year. We call it the Bill Clinton budget. So have these like million dollar experiences. If you want to get the CEO target out, it's like, Hey, like, Hey, we're going to go get Bill Clinton to hang out with us. But he's going to, instead of like giving a talk, he's going to play the saxophone and he's going to be in a band with like boys, the men. And then while Mike Tyson, like literally rent out a ring and you get punched in the face by Mike Tyson. Yeah. And yeah. You're a job with Sylvester Sloan, and, 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 and you're going to pay us for it. So that's good. Hey, look, uh, yeah. So it's like, take what cameo does cameo a hundred dollars. You get a celebrity to do this. You go like create a, you, we want to create a great experience for the celebrities and, and, and presidents, but to hang out with like CEOs. Yep. So, and that's, that's, that's where we're going to do a marketing next year. Ryan, we're running out of time here. Team size today. How many people? Um, it's about 400. How many engineers? Uh, we're, we've, we've, what we've been doing as a business generally is um, it's been a less is more approach where we're doing smaller focused teams of much more senior teams. So as the business evolved, we've been hiring way more senior people and putting them in smaller teams. So our engine team is shipping fast than ever. So how, well, it's probably 70 people. 70. Uh, okay. And how many reps are actually carrying a quota sales reps? Um, that's on ramp quota is much less. Um, that's probably around 20. So it's not that much. What about um, even, um, even on ramped on ramped? Um, Probably in the, the 40 range. 40 range. Interesting. Okay. Very cool, man. Um, let's, uh, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. I, it's not a business book. The, the book that's impacted me the most is uh, 
recently is the, the, the but besides uh, Andy Grove, Andy Grove's just a savage. So Andy Grove, that's easily the best book of all time. Number, uh, number. And the Robert John D. Uh, any Danny Aurelio book is amazing. It's like really gets some mental state. The book that uh, has the most impact on me in the last year is the Howard Stern interviews. So I'm sure everyone's watched Howard Stern reading a transcript of these interviews. The one with Madonna especially had some impact on me. Um, it's, it's like, it just changed my mindset. It's like people thought like not being a rebel, like she was doing things to get a rise out of people. She was just doing what she thought was right. She's always doing what was right. And just reading, you have the, the most special people on the planet and getting read a transcript of an interview with Howard Stern was like getting in the mindset of these special people like Lady Gaga, Madonna, everybody. It was, it's, it's Donald Trump was on there six months. So it's, that was really cool. So that was, uh, that was the best one for me. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, yeah, I've been really following the Adam Newman stuff. I've, I feel bad. Um, he shouldn't, he should not have stepped down. Yeah. I would have thought number three, is there a favorite online tool you have for building your company besides your own? Yeah. And, and, and look, I, it's, it's a, it just give the right answer. Elon Musk is the most special person, uh, to exist on planet Earth the last 200 years. So hands down and no one should ever talk shit about that guy. Um, let's, let's just, let's just state the facts here. He's no one's doing special things like that. Agreed. And I really appreciate Larry Ellison's back in the helm and getting like, trying to build a great product. Like he's Larry Ellison's a special guy too. So you're talking to Oracle. Yeah. Larry yeah would you, by the way, if someone offered you a billion dollars to take your company out before you IPO, would you take it? Not a chance. Okay. And when do you think you're an IPO? I think it's next year you file. When, when we have those metrics, when we have product market fit on some of the new things where we have usage based tests. You, so you think you can hit 40% year over your growth next year and you want to hit that before you oh, really. I, I, next year I was going to smoke that. Um, so I, I really want to be at, I, my goal, I, I don't want to be at less than 50% growth at, at IPO. And um, I, I also prefer my EBIT to not be more than negative 10%. Yep. Uh, I would prefer to be at 65, 70% growth. I want to be at accelerating growth. Yep. So, okay, very good. Uh, what's your situation? Married, single kiddos? Also, hold on. Um, people read so many books. So stop reading books. Um, stop listening to podcasts. People listen to much shit. If you listen to something, if you read something, you got to take action immediately. That's it. But people read way too much. Yep. Um, that's I agree. It. It's stop, stop reading books. Just go do shit. So Ryan, situation, married, single kiddos? Um, I'm, I'm an independent. So Independent, good. No kids running around? I, I, I already have the best kids. I have a lot of them working. So. And how old are you? I am turning, uh, well, I'm turning 40 in February, but I, um, I've, I've unsubscribed from aging. So if you see me, then you're <laughs> exactly the same. All right. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um, I wish my, well, I wish my six year old self, I, I really regret not dropping out of high school. Uh, I went to college, got a master's degree. It was one, it was a big mistake. Um, I, some people just made to work. I should have been working at, I've literally been should working at six. So if I told my, my 14 year old self would be drop out of high school immediately and then probably at the age of 16, go work for DoubleClick. That was 1996. I would have worked for DoubleClick then and would have got a 10-year head start. Guys, BounceX launched back many years ago, 2011-ish time frame. Hit that first million in revenue fairly quickly. Raised a little bit of money uh, when they hit a, that million run rate. But since then, basically uh, used cash very advantageously. Used a lot of debt. Today, about 60 million in equity in the company. 30 million still in the bank. Uh, other portions of that were, you know, were put towards secondary. But they're profitable today as they look to scale, helping these large, large companies, again, scale online uh, digital marketing experiences across many different properties. Over 1,000 customers today. Maybe IPO next year. We'll have to see. Ryan, thanks for taking us to the top.
Thank you. And also, don't call, don't call me on the, the, the 30 million in bank, but we have, we have a good amount of the money in the bank and it's growing. So there you so go. It's not a bad thing. Be in control of your destiny. So, and you can see like um, these, some of the founders are special founders. It, they, they're, they're not there anymore. So as soon as, as soon as things aren't good. So make sure, make sure you, you have a good relationship with your board, but control your board. Tell them, tell them what's up. So. Thanks, Ryan. All right.